With all due respect, what the f are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining. Lord, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. We have Greg Pappas in the studio. We have Matt Byrne on the board. That's right. A little late this morning, but we have uh, an interesting show today. Like, not that we don't, don't usually, but today we have a. Uh, Greg's going to talk about what's going on in the grain area, which is unusual stuff. Well, it's last week and today we got rallies all over the place, even after the rain, which is a little strange. We're going to have John Flanagan on as usual. We'll have Mike Murphy calling to talk about to talk about uh, mercenaries. And I'm wondering, and we'll have Nancy talking about mortgages and a big mortgage crisis in Britain. So uh, we are very up, up on the, uh, shall we say, the subjects of the day, Greg? Is that what these things are? The topics du jour. Now, am I uh, too old to be a mercenary? I don't think so. I think you could. They must have somebody managing all their mercenary cash. With all the, with all the, uh, what drone piloting? I think you. I think you're pretty good on the computer. So I could do that. Plus, I could manage all the. They got to have money all over the place and all these banks and so forth. Isn't Putin the richest guy in the world? Um, I don't know. You know, who was real, real rich. I don't think they ever found his money was Hitler. Oh, yeah. they sold. Too they bad. Sold, so sad. Well, they sold so much money and uh, he sold so many copies of Mein Kampf for God's sake. I mean, they, That's how he got rich. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the plundering of well, I mean, probably, half was, of but, Europe. But he was rich on that before even uh, everybody bought the damn thing. Ah, you know, it was a, a bestseller for deal. like a decade. Book deal. That's <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess you had to have one in your house. <laughs> no, I'd be long, long chief on the drone pilot. I think, I think so. you could put on, put on one of those new headsets and and go be like the uh, remember the movie The Last Starfighter. Oh, oh, speaking of that. Uh, we had a drone out, thank you to Andreas if he's listening, uh, drone out videotaping the patio at the restaurant the other day. I saw that. I was going to shoot uh, it. <laughs> and I think there is a ceiling. Oh, I probably shouldn't be saying this on air, but yeah. Thanks, Andreas. Well, you know, there, I, I believe, uh, i got to start talking like I'm a community activist. Maybe I'll get like a job on the county board or something. What do you think? What exactly do those guys do? What does a community activist do for like for a living? Just get try and get money from the government and they shape and shape narratives and opinions and. But I got to if I want to give somebody votes. poor money, I got to give them money first to give the guy poor. They take a cut. Is that what pa- they do? Package votes. Yeah, it's like a off the top. You know, I don't. Uh, 
sort of off topic, but um, I grew up like in a Catholic parish. And, you know, there were some Protestants there. were Protestant church. In fact, where I grew up in Evergreen Park is called, you know what the motto is? It's the Village of Churches. I thought that was Wheaton. I think I'm more, uh, well, they're not some wacky religion. They're, they're, I won't say it's wacky religion, but it's not a, but I mean, there, there's <laughs> the more. The Protestants in Wheaton versus there, there's the more, There's Catholics. more churches, like per capita in Evergreen Park than like anywhere else. There's a bunch of different Protestant ones, a bunch of Catholic ones. There's a lot of them. And there's only 25,000 people. They must have 15 churches, maybe 20. Oh. And uh, anyway, the uh, I'll say this, but you know, the Catholic priests are obviously taking a huge hit in, in whatever. Uh, I don't know if any one of them ever got involved in politics. There were three guys. It was a huge parish, and all they did was priest stuff. I mean, if you if your mom was in the hospital, they they were there an hour after she got there. Need confession, need communion. How you doing? Hopefully, you don't need the last rites. They visited people in the hospital all day. They they they, they didn't. There was no money coming toward the place where they had their finger in a pie. I mean, it's, well, this, is a, this is a whole different. They so, weren't. <laughs> well, they weren't politically you know, active. Let's put it that way. You know, it's. It's just. It's just. I'm just sure there was something somewhere. Well, I mean, I tell you what, it didn't. The cars were a station wagon with three on the tree, and I think they had a, they had like two of those. Not even a radio on the damn thing. Tree in the tree. Tree on a tree. Did you ever drive one of those? I haven't. I haven't either. I'd always. Lo- I'd love to try one. Um, where can we do that? I don't know. I saw I saw a guy in one of these car shows. He had a in 1970. They still the automatic transmission was still not standard, and like a regular car, standard was the three on the tree. But of course, like nobody, everybody had automatic transmission. I mean, if you had four on the floor, it was different. A lot of people wanted that, and some people still like a stick shift. But I, don't, I can't remember. I don't even know what the last year they made a three. Well, anyway, this guy. The regular motor was a 350. 350 has been around like forever in the Chevy and Oldsmobiles and stuff. Uh, this guy had the, the upgraded engine. He had a 455 in the thing with three on the tree. Huh. And he goes, there was only like three of those made. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm surprised the number was so high. Wow. I mean, you, so you paid up 500 bucks those days for the big-ass motor, and, and you weren't going to get the automatic transmission. I can't even imagine what it was like driving that thing. Personally, I would, I would in that area or in that time frame i would go for a cutlass 442 well yeah i, I had a i had a cutlass really i, I didn't have a 442 but you I didn't have the 442 no I, what was that four barrel four speed and then what's was, the two uh, um dual yeah. exhaust probably yeah, dual exhaust it was a four barrel carburetor actually i think you might be able to get them with three you could have got them with three deuces it was 400 cubic inches uh four barrel carburetor and uh dual exhaust I saw one. I saw a four four two just because I'm, you know, kind of a loser, and look for these things. But I saw a four four two on sale for sixty thousand dollars. Well, if you if you get like <laughs> the uh, like whoa, the uh, if if you get the uh, what do you call it the um, the W thirty package, uh, it's it's like the you know it's, it that was the one that had the special motor in it and everything that that came after the, the original muscle cars. Or like the 67 or 68 W30 package was like the fastest stock car I ever made. Had some special. We car. should take one around the 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 track here at the NASCAR track. Yeah, we could have some fun. Well, I, I had a I had a GTO with the four on the floor, the three. I didn't have the the three deuces. Always had the four barrel. Thing was amazingly fast, but it was like the way these guys had the stuff geared. It, it was so weird. I mean, uh. 
when I was looking for one, I drove one around. Some guy had some rear end put in the thing. I don't know what it was, like a 445 or something? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, the thing, you were in third going like 20 miles an hour. I, mean, I don't know what the guy's <laughs> name is. But this one, even with the four-speed, four it, was, it was, wasn't geared crazy. It was a factory gearing. This thing didn't have any power steering, didn't have any power brakes. So it was, was no air conditioning. It was all just motor. You get a workout. Oh, God, yeah. It was not something, as my, as my uncle used to say, uh, when it comes to male-female relationships, and he goes, the thing that made women equal was power steering. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was really tough to, uh, to manage. I mean, if you were in a parking place, you had to be, like, really strong, or you had to get to the point where it had to be moving a little bit. If it was moving a little bit, you could turn it. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise to you're move from a dead stop. You were, you know, oh. oh yeah, it was, it was. But uh, but when you went, if you're going 75 miles an hour in fourth gear, you needed another gear. I mean, you took your foot off the gas and I'm <laughs> back down to 50. It was like, I mean, it really needed another gear. You know, anywho, we have a uh, all right. Tell us, we have uh, Mike's on, so he's gonna be talking about. Uh, uh, what's going on in, in Russian stuff in a minute? But what's going on in the grains? Last week, fill me in on this. Oh uh, well, the, we've the crush just, thing. We've just got uh, a little bit of a weather problem. Three weeks in a row now, we've said, "Well, we're going to get more more rain here in the Midwest, and then it's going to make everything better." We haven't, and they're revising the uh, crop condition reports downward. So, if if you get a percentage increase in crops and drought, which is what they they kind of keep a watch over for you know say the next month but if your drought monitor goes up and you know it was up not super high but it was up say five percent drought monitor uh than than the week before so the corn and the beans ratings are expected to go down so if your drought monitor is up say i think it was seven percent in corn so 64 65 percent of the corn is in drought so that's that starts to become a problem and and you get that <laughs> you get that yield that comes down a little bit and then all of a sudden, you know, your your futures prices get a little hectic. Now, obviously if China comes in and buys buys a whole bunch that makes it worse, but but uh what they're watching right now mostly is the weather. So All right, so we have, we're but drought monitor up and then <laughs> and right, then I'm you, not exactly the, you uh, see the yields kind of, the yield estimates go down. And well, I'm, I'm not exactly on, on many levels a smoking hot meteorologist on TV, but uh, two things. When I drive out the odds on the weekend, Stevenson uh, uh, parallels the Desplaines River, so I always take a look and see where the river is. Well, not only is it low to where some spots that are usually covered, are bare, I won't call them like, I won't say sandbars, but there's something in the middle that's pretty wide there. Not only are they showing, but there's like plants growing on it. <laughs> so it's been like that way for a while. So then Saturday night we had a whole bunch of rain. When I say we, out in the city of New Orleans, you know, half an inch to an inch, someplace an inch and a half. Last night driving home with my brothers, for the first 10 minutes of my drive, it was a monsoon. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it wasn't. Now, but now my other, the other report, the one that I want you to uh, speak to, is uh, the Sunday morning gang still plays softball. I, mean, I haven't played in a while, but my brother went out there yesterday. There, he goes, there's huge puddles in the infield, so they had to rake the hell out of those to, so they could play. But the outfield, 
you know, which which has still has the, like the uh, the burnout grass and stuff. My nephew said, like two hours later, it was dry, and you wouldn't even have known it was raining. It wasn't even soft. So I mean, yeah. we, we are we are what seven inches behind or something. You you can have that where the ground is harder and it doesn't absorb the water so all it does is evaporate and then you're back to square one yeah but we need like one of those uh when my stepfather's come those, those weekend jobs the weekend soaking rain where it's like just a steady not a not a huge downpour and then gone and we need a, a like a steady in the 48 past hour, 48 hour fast drizzle just to soak everything up right yeah in the past we've had weather issues and we've had uh, scares and such and oh no rain's coming no rain's coming then all of a sudden say a hurricane from down south throws off a bunch of weather and then we get three days of rain and then everything's good again so you never really know obviously because you can't predict the future but uh those those uh hurricanes could be something to watch too but our but our, our our ground moisture five inches down is that usually is, uh, is bad, right? Now. Right, right. The ground moisture is is most important for the say corn and beans. Did you uh, happen to catch cotton and and some of the other stuff in the south? It's not as. Did you happen to catch this thing? And I don't know where the hell I saw this. I, I mean, obviously, people send me stuff, and I read this stuff all weekend. And they think because I have no idea how they figured out this was the uh, they. Whoever the hell they are. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But anyway, the bottom line is, because of the amount of groundwater humans have pumped out of the the ground, that's where you get groundwater, correct? But we've actually shifted the Earth's axis like an inch or something or two inches. That one I haven't heard. I mean, I'm, we've got a whole lot of water in Lake Michigan, so yeah, I would I, hope I, that they... You know, I mean, how much groundwater... I mean, I know you, they pour they pour a lot of the uh, Ogallala Aquifer and things like that, but I can't believe that that would be enough to shift the Earth's axis. But evidently, somebody's done this. Study. You know, it's like you know three inches or something like that. I mean, it's not like it's a mile or anything, but it's something. Yeah, I think they take more in Missouri. Maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, Missouri and Indiana. Those Indiana, those Indiana people, you can't count on. All right, so give, we have two minutes. <laughs> Anything what, in what, Indiana. What happened in the soybean crush last week, you were telling me? Oh, well, the crush prices, the oil share more specifically, um, the oil was limit down, which means they locked the futures price. They said it's this, <laughs> the CME artificially uh, froze the price of soybean oil because they said it went too far down. And then they artificially froze the meal price when it was limit up. And that's that's to have those two go in opposite directions on the same day and be locked limit is very rare. I mean, maybe maybe we've seen that a couple times, twice well, maybe day, in, in the past. To, and there was a drought in uh, there was a drought in 2012, and I don't even think that that happened. But what happened was some somebody leaked the RFS numbers, the renewable uh, fuels numbers for for the you know the legit energies and and soybean oil tracks oil a lot and oil was i think down four and a half percent that day or something so so the soybean oil got hit pretty hard and then the meal (laughs) was limit up so the the oil as a percentage of the total products went down i mean it was that was a huge move for if you had a properly ratioed i think you would have lost thirty thousand dollars on a one one lot if you're that's a lot of dough 
Yeah, I think it was seven by five or something. Seven oil by by five meal, and <laughs> that that is once you know every five years. Wow. It was it was interesting to see because at first you don't know, and then it comes out. Oh, somebody leaked the RFS data, <laughs> and everybody was trying to get ahead of it in the oil. And meanwhile, the meal is doing its own thing, and meal is limit up. So when when the exchange locks the the prices like that, it's always always interesting to see where the options are trading too. Um, we have uh, we're gonna do a break here in a second, but. The thing I, the thing I say, the article I sent you, the, the thing I sent you, talking about South Side, uh, the article I sent you regarding, I, I had no idea there's a drought in Panama of all places, and that the amount of water they take out of that lake to to fill up the locks for the Panama Canal, that they told people they have to cut back on on how deep the ships are, they're using less water, and how they, how that's going to affect the grains. Yeah, and really, uh, ever or most, I'd say. Well, not a majority, but what was it? Forty or fifty percent go through the Panama yeah, Canal of all our container traffic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the the quickest and least expensive way to get well, anyway, our stuff. New Orleans and China, and uh, anybody from uh, evidently it's cheaper to go through the Panama Canal if it's coming from China than it is the Suez Canal. Don't yeah, know why that is, yeah. That's and is. that's probably the reason they get so much traffic. Yeah, but if they if they start limiting that you can imagine what happens to well, prices it, the weird part is uh, i don't want to get too deep on this is it too deep in the water duh uh yeah yeah so the uh they decided they they were going to cut back the new canal evidently you can actually re- recycle the water so what they did is they cut back on the amount of uh ships going through to only use the newer locks as often so Anyway, so they turned out not to have to lighten up the ships. The problem is they told everybody from China that they were going to lighten up the ships, so it's a, it takes you 21 days to get from China to the canal. So all the ships in the last 21 days that have left China have lighter loads. So even though you said, okay, we're all right tomorrow, it doesn't mean anything because it's going to be another 21 days before you get a fully loaded ship back because all the rest of them have... Did have, you say that it... How long does it take? I thought they said 21 days. So... From from China to the Panama. Oh, okay. And then another week to get here. Or? Evidently, yeah, yeah. Because anyway, the, the total trip is is like a month. more than a month. Yeah, yeah. SP futures down five. Nasdaq futures down twenty nine. Be right back. Stacks and Jack. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. 
Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right here, right now, right now. Hello, Northwest Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Got Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down five, NASDAQ Futures down 30. We were up last night. Uh, pretty much by the time I went to bed, we were still, what were we up, Greg? Seven or eight, pretty much the whole night. And then I don't know when it went, somewhere in the middle of the night it turned uh, while we were sweeping, sweeping. Over in Europe, we've got the. Uh, DAX down 20.1%, FTSE down 4, call that flat. CAC around up 17.2%. Um, so I'd say that's a nothing over there. Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 82.2%, Hang Seng down 95.5%, under 19,000 still, 18,794. Shanghai's the big mover, down 47, it's 1.5%. Uh, the uh, bonds, down five basis points, 3.68. The Bund down five basis points, 2.30. Japan down 1.35. We've got oil running up here a little bit, or was up more on the on the Russian stuff, but now it's still under 70 bucks. So I don't know what these headlines are about. It's up 35 cents, 69.51. Uh, Brent up 45 cents, 74.30. Oil markets breathe a sigh of relief after Russian mut- mutiny was aborted. An aborted mutiny. That's a good one. Natural gas unchanged 273, R Bob up a penny, 252. Gold up 1220, 1941. Trying to head back to 1950. Uh, here's here's silver up 50 cents, 2285. 
What do you think, Greg? If you, the last year, if every time silver made it to twenty-two fifty, you bought it. When it got to t- over twenty-four, you sold it. You'd have been a wealthy dude. Problem is, you can't trade last year, can you? Are I mean, we uh, selling strangles? Uh, we'd have to be selling when we went down there. We'd sell sell the putties. When it went up, you'd sell the calls. But you know, you know that that can only blow up once in a while, right? Uh, platinum up t- uh, ten bucks. Then platinum, it's over one percent, nine thirty-four. We have crypto with Bitcoin. Down 67, but still over 30,000, 30,332. And we've got the dollar pretty much mixed. It's uh, up a little bit versus the euro. Euro's 109, down a little bit against the pound, 127. It's not much going on there. Matt, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Yeah, good morning. Currently 6.38 a.m. on June 26, 2023. This morning in Chicago, 68 degrees currently. We're hitting a high of 75 degrees today. Expect cloudy skies throughout the day. Tomorrow, we're expecting sunny skies and a high of 73. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, clear skies, 82 degrees currently, a high of 108 degrees later on. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs lost 5-7 against the St. Louis Cardinals. White Sox, however, beat Marlins 4-1, and Diamondbacks won against Giants 5-2. In the PGA Travelers Championship, which wrapped up yesterday, top player was American uh, Keegan Bradley with a game total score of negative 23 and earnings of $3,600,000. So for now, Chief, back to you. Do we have our guys? We have Mike and Jen? We do indeed. Hey, did either one of you two dudes, uh, or Greg or or Matt, Hmm. did you happen to watch the Cub game yesterday from London? I'll take that as a no. <laughs> uh, Your silence speaks volumes. Well, they played it. I'm not sure. Hey, man, they, where, where did, they, did they play that at Wembley Stadium? They played it in one of the big stadiums in uh, in uh, London, Let's normally see, a yeah. soccer stadium. And so they showed yesterday a time lapse. There's got to be more money in this than I than I can I can imagine. They showed a time lapse of the like week or two or more they spent. Readying the field for baseball. If you looked at it, you'd swear it was always a baseball stadium. It looked gorgeous. So they, I think, I think that the once you got into the outfield, I think it might have turned artificial surface. But the infield, we get a load of this. They, they showed the whole thing is is totally stripped down from the soccer pitch where it normally is, and all of a sudden they they hauled in clay from Philadelphia or Pennsylvania. And grass from Vermont. I mean, everybody knows you got to get clay. What's wrong with British clay? What am, what's, what am I? What am I missing here? There's no grass in Britain. So, well, they use a hybrid for Premier League stuff. Okay. Well, whatever, whatever, whatever they did, they are going to take the outfield piece, which must be the artificial surface, and they're going to store it in a big warehouse in case we ever go back there and play more. Ba- Some bizarre story. How much? How much? I can't believe how much this must have cost. For these two games. That, anyway, if you didn't see it, if uh, the the EPL grass that they have is usually about like I think five or ten percent fake, but most of it's real. But that's like the stuff up in Green Bay, where it's kind of half and half. It's for the soccer. It's it's not half and half, but for okay. Anywho, so Mike, uh, I read the Dogs of War. It's about as far as I know about being mercenaries. Can I still be a mercenary? Or am I too old? I think you might be too old, Tom. <laughs> so, all right, so t- take this. I don't even know where to start here, but kind of take this from the top because I have a bazillion questions. Um, okay, the the guy that is the head of the Wagner Group, his name is Prezoshin or something to that effect, he was not happy with the leadership of the Russian Army. That's uh, the defense minister, 
is Sergei Shogu, who has been with Putin a long time, and uh, I think the chief of the general staff of the armed forces is Gerasimov. So those two are loyalists to Putin. The Wagner Group guy does not like those two, so that's why he he wants a change in leadership. That's why he started moving toward Moscow. He's probably not alone in that. No, that's correct. Well, a lot of people are dissatisfied with the leadership of the army, but because those two have been so loyal to Putin, uh, they will stay. So what I imagine happened is that someone threatened Prozoshin's family or extended family, whatever they did. So then Lukashenko, who is the dictator of uh, Belarus, makes a deal with Prozoshin, takes him in, and now uh, they're going to try to make contract soldiers out of these mercenaries, which I don't think will work because contract soldiers are more used to luxuries and the uh, the Russian government treats Russian soldiers actually, I mean, almost as dirt. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. But, it, you know, Putin managed to stave off the uh, mutiny. Well, Mike, if... If you can, I mean, it's a, it's a massive subject. So I mean, I, I uh, even if even if we were to handle handle dinner time, I don't know how we can how we can how we can cover it up. I and mean, there's been mercenaries around since you know since Hector was a pup, right? I mean, uh, right. Well, and these guys have spent a lot of time in Africa too. They supposedly they worked in both Mali and uh, the Central Africa. I think or Equatorial Guinea, maybe. I'm not sure which, but, you know, they're going after wealth in Africa also. But we have, I mean, we used mercenaries in the Revolutionary War. We had we had people... We didn't use mercenaries. The Brits did. Well, Washington had some guys that he was paying. They weren't regular army. It was one of the well, things... Well, I mean, he, he paid the regular army, but, you know... If you if you're using that as a definition, then I was a mercenary. Well, I thought we had some on our side too that he. Grouped. But I guess where I'm coming from with this is they're they're kind of all over the place. But how do you how does it all? Let's put it this way: you were you uh, your sons I know were in Afghanistan, or your one son was. I've, I've read anecdotally, and again, I'm, that's why I have you on. I'm not the expert that we had all kinds of people over there that were essentially doing work for the army but since the whole thing was kind of a, a battle area they were all they all had weapons they all had vests they all had all that stuff that they were the, the guys that were contract people I don't know if you ever sent them out on a patrol like you did a regular army group but they were pretty involved weren't they yes we had contractors all over both uh, Afghanistan and Iraq but uh, they there probably were guys on patrol, but I, I don't think we did as much of that. Like uh, there were people. Uh, actually, when I was at uh, the National Ground Intel Center, we had a bunch of people working there as contractors, but they were primarily intelligence analysts. Okay. So uh, that was one, and then we had a lot of contractors in supply and a lot in maintenance. That, that those were the probably. Well, and food services, that's, those are probably the biggest functions that our contractors uh, perform. Well, say I'm a guy a little younger working at McDonald's, I ain't doing no more flipping burgers. 
I'm going to go apply to be a mercenary. Where do I go? I mean, will somebody hire me? I mean, what are they all people that have been well, trained by an army somewhere else? Or I don't think uh, they would hire them straight out of McDonald's. They would want guys that have been in the army okay. and have the certain skill sets that they need, and then they would hire them. Primarily, some of the intel contractors, they get the, the lower enlisted guys coming out of the service, and then they sign them to a relatively cheap contract, and then they use them in that fashion. And they make, I don't know how much per head, but they make a lot out of those contractors. Because my, uh, my nephew's firm, I talk about him every week because he's my, my feel into the uh, manufacturing industry here in Chicago. They finally hired what they think is a really good guy. Everybody really likes him. Evidently, he was a machine maintenance guy in the army and then when he his tour was up he got hired to, to do that but now his uh i guess one of his parents isn't doing so hot so he had to leave wherever the hell he was i imagine he was over overseas somewhere and now he's back here and got a real job at their place and they're 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 they're, they're, they're loving the fact they got the guy <laughs> they really like him right I guess he's because really good. generally the people that have been in the service are uh reliable and you know they'll come in and do a good job for you They'll show up on time, all those kinds of things. I mean, we're just right. You know, but uh, yeah, you know. I, but I mean, what this whole thing? Now, this guy's got fifty thousand people allegedly. Now, I don't, I don't know if these numbers are any good. The guy you're talking about that was going to do this march in Moscow, right, the so, Prozosian or whatever his name, the head of the Wagner Group. Now, I'm showing my my wacky economics background. What does he do? Send Putin a bill every month? I got fifty thousand. Do you get paid more when you're fighting versus when you're standing there waiting around? I mean. Well, that's pro- it, it, that was probably some of the dispute too, and and some of the dispute is about this guy is getting, uh, he was getting personnel straight out of the Russian prison system, so you know they're not the highest caliber people, and uh, they're probably performing um, war crimes, but you know that remains to be seen. I've only seen. Um, you know, mention of that, but the odds are they are performing some sort of war crimes because, you know, that's the way the Russians operate. But I mean, are these guys, they, 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 but they weren't in Ukraine. They're, they're in some place in Russia. Just, is that just a, is that their home base or is that a camp? What is that? I think that was their home base and that might be where they were training them. John, do you have any questions? Uh, I mean, I have a million more, but you, you were talking about this yesterday a little bit. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, well, both Tom and Mike, one of the problems in this whole war has been trying to get accurate information about whatever is going on. And my sense is that anything that would be unfolding that would threaten Putin in any way, whether it be this mutiny or or something else, is going to be trumpeted loud and clear in this country in order to keep the flow of money and aid to Ukraine going. So... I wonder if the U.S. has anything to do with any of this. I mean, could could, this, could our intelligence be behind it, for example? I, I don't think so, John, but, uh, you know, the Ukrainians could be behind it because, once again, Zelensky came out yesterday about the need for F-16s and air support. So this is a good way to maintain pressure on the Biden administration and on the American public to get more aid for Ukraine. Well, I mean, it's also, I mean, I, I guess we've, we've talked, well, we've talked with Lou and everybody else that 
you know, is is for this war to end, sort of like I don't really remember that much, Mike, about the when the Russians were in Afghanistan, but I seem to recall that they didn't get out of there until there was regime change. And uh, you know, I Lou and I have talked a little bit about is there, are the Russians ever going to walk out of the Ukraine without a regime change? And I think the answer to that, I don't know, as I'm asking you, I think the answer to that might be no. I mean, there's a lot of people in Russia that were living pretty fat and happy before this war that aren't anymore. I mean, there's got to be some pushback. Right, I would agree with that. And, you know, and th- this is where this latest move by the head of the Wagner Group shows that Putin is not as in as much control as he would lead us to believe. So I I believe there there will have to be a regime change because Putin isn't going to give in and he still got r- roughly a third of eastern Ukraine and he still has all of the Crimea. So he he, he will stay there for uh, quite a while. Well, what uh what do you think his health is? I've, I've heard rumors. I mean, some, some of the people listen sent me stuff that he's on the, you know, how many drugs he's on per day. I mean, you don't see him playing hockey or doing the stuff he was doing a few years ago. I mean, he's getting old, obviously, but uh, I don't know. What do you What do you think his health is? Is he just worried about? I think about- his health is okay, but his mental health might be suffering under the strain. So who knows? Yeah, it's kind of hard to. Yeah, I mean, as John just alluded to, you know, the the control of information coming out of Moscow and Russia in general is very difficult to uh, break through. I, I'm I'm just so curious about how the the entire I use the term billing system works. I mean, if there's fifty thousand people, if if he sends a check every month to pay all these guys, and for the bullets and practice and all the other stuff they have, good lord, I mean. Is, is he sending him a, a? He can't be sending him a check in dollars or gold or whatever. Is it? It's in Russian currency. Is that? I mean, is that worth anything? Well, it, the ruble is still worth some, but he could be giving him, uh, you know, access to oil or however he's going to pay him. They probably have some sort of deal worked out, and then I'll bet you less than a third of that money that Prozoshin is receiving is going to his troops. So, you know, I mean, it's it's just kind of the. A, uh, a staple of things is that uh, you know the guys in charge get more. So. What uh, if I, if I was uh, you know to put I, some perspective around yeah. the the payments? I think if you're good with the Wagner Group, you've got two thousand a month in U.S. dollars ish. So I don't know how many people they have, but what is it a hundred or a hundred and fifty million per month? That that's a real number. That's but for the if when oil prices were higher, that was a lot easier to stomach for them. But um, yeah, the a hundred, a hundred and some million per month for a war, you know, that's that's not the worst for for uh, Putin as long as he's got you know people on his team. So, Mike, if I or or Greg or if I come out of the army or whatever I'm in, the Marines or something, as say a sharpshooter, sniper, or something, something, and I say, you know what? I don't, I don't really like this Burger King job at home. Where, where do I, where do I, if I have, I have a skill now, where do, what do I do, pick up Soldier of Fortune and there's an ad in there for a mercenary group in Africa to become a sniper? I mean, there's got to be. There There used to be ads in Soldier of Fortune, and, and, you know, now you can go online. There's different companies that, uh, you know, um, 
Oh, it's Black something. I can't remember the name. Blackwater. Of the, Blackwater. Yeah, Blackwater. That was another one. But they they have since kind of not gone out of business, but they switched. But the, there are firms like that that you can get to online. I guess. Uh, is it steady work, or do you only get paid when you're in in the field? No, it's steady work. Uh, you get paid. You start to get paid while you're training. Matter of fact, I worked as a contractor in Germany for a while. It was a it was for the Hughes Corporation, and I was what was called a civilian on the battlefield. I do that. I did that in a short period of time between when I retired and when I came on as an Army civilian. What's an Army civilian? I was a civilian who worked for the Army, and okay. uh, and and when I was working for Hughes, I was. Um, because of my language, I was a civilian on the battlefield. So soldiers, we were we were training soldiers to go to places like Iraq and Afghanistan. They would have to capture us, or we would hassle them, and they would have to deal with us. You know, whether they were guarding a town or on the move or something like that. So we were just there to get them used to dealing with extra civilians, people that not soldiers. So they couldn't kill us. So they had to figure out a way to deal with us. Uh, did you ever go to a Soldier Fortune convention? No, I did not. There was, I'll take two minutes. This is a, this is a great story. Uh, there, there was a guy, help me with my political correctness. He worked for uh, the CBOE, but he uh, was a little compromised, shall we say. So he wouldn't have put him like behind the book or anything, but he, as, as a guy who did any trades, but if you, if you traded with the book and you say, I'll buy 60 or 50 or whatever it was or so, they would instead of trying to flash you all the there could be fifteen different firms on there, right? So you had to know the firm when you put it on your card. So if I did a trade with with you, Mike, it would be MF, and then whatever your clearing firm was goes on the card, right? Well, when you traded with the book, you had to get the houses, the clearing firms. So this guy Harold, he would run. He knew everybody in the pit. He'd run around and give you the card or the, with all the names on there. Well, he was an interesting guy. He lived in some transient hotel, right? So one place, one night, the thing burns down. So the guy loses everything. So we we take up a huge collection of the pit. They go out and get him like new pants and shirts and stuff. So the guy, anyway, he, he loved me for some reason. Uh, you know, I was nice, always nice to everybody. So he comes up and he goes, I "Never guess where I'm going next week." And I go, "I don't, I don't even want to speculate on this one, right?" He's, <laughs> going, he's going to a Soldier of Fortune convention in Vegas. <laughs> I go, "You got to be kidding me!" You know, he saved up his dough and off he went. You should have seen the people at this convention. Well, of course, he's got a picture arm in arm with guess who? G. Gordon Liddy, who's, oh, who's yeah. like the main speaker. Then in the next picture, he's surrounded by three of the most beautiful women you've ever seen. The women are crawling all over this place. They got all these guys with every booth selling God knows what. So at the end of the deal, they, I guess they were selling people mortars and machine guns. God knows who. So they, they, they buy an old junker car. They call the Vegas Fire Department, and they say, we're going to pull this car out in the desert somewhere, and we're going to practice all our new toys trying to mortar and machine gun the car. So the Vegas Fire Department comes out. Okay, we'll use it as practice. And as soon as somebody whacks it with a mortar up, they run out there, and they put the fire on <laughs> This guy's got it all on film, and I'm going, it was the, most, the, weird, the weirdest stuff I ever saw between G. Gordon Liddy and the smoking hot females and, and this guy. <laughs> 
I, I almost felt, I almost figured I should go to one of these. Can you imagine the clients I could pick up? I don't know if I'd want any of them, but it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if you don't make money for them, they might come. Oh yeah, it's a, it would be. But I mean, they actually is that, that thing still around, Soldier of Fortune? I don't know, Tom. I, I bet it's not I, in I print. Never subscribed to it. I I don't think I have looked at it too. Well, often. I, but I used to see it every month because he'd show up. He'd run up and show me the new issue. Right, because I don't. But it used to sell. I mean, everything was on the newsstands around here. But now, of course, there's no newsstand anywhere. But what do you? Uh, there's an article this morning. Uh, this guy's dead man walking in Belarus. You think Putin's going to take him out, or who's the new leader of the of the of his group? The people are not just going to disband, are they? Oh, I I think he's probably still the leader because they brokered the deal, and you know he's in Belarus. I mean, Lukashenko might take him out after a while, but. I bet he's reasonably safe because he's probably got his own guys providing it, providing him security. Now, what's his background? How do you get to be ahead of fifty thousand mercenaries? Who knows? I mean, there there are guys, there are some guys like this running around Russia all the time. I mean, that I think that's where the no, it's not where the diamond brokers came from. The the uh, ones that went after the blood diamonds in Africa. But I mean, this guy probably went after blood diamonds in Africa too. How how uh. Prevalent are, are the mercenary groups in these these little well, let's say brush fire wars. If you remember, not a brush fire. How many wars are going on in Africa right now? Like four. I don't know about four. Uh, there are, I think there's still people. You know, Mali. There's always something kind of going on in Nigeria, uh, Central Sudan, Africa. Sure. I don't think there's much going on. Somalia. You know, in Tanzania and Kenya, there's things going on there so there's three or four at least there's always something doesn't it, it seem that way or well and and we have troops all throughout africa so you know they're primarily training african troops but there's you know it, it's they are you know nascent democracies and we're always trying to help them although you know it's basically we're trading one dictator for another so nascent democracies for what five thousand years Right. I mean, well, once once somebody gets in power, generally you have a coup done by someone in the military. You a lot of times done by someone who's in the presidential guard, and then they turn over to someone else. So, you know, it just it's kind of a a never ending cycle. I have a question for uh, both you guys, and, and obviously Greg can opine in or Matt. One of my good buddies, he's a uh, uh, you know, what Michigan he played football for Bo doesn't doesn't mean he's bright or anything. It just means he played football for Bo. But good guy. And he was telling me one night that uh, as we tried to we were trying to put a democracy someplace. I was Northern Africa or somewhere. And he says to me, he goes, "Why in God's name?" He says, "Only a few places in the world, you know, be it you know Britain, France, here, have any concept of what it's like to have." lose an election and you and you walk out nicely. I mean, Trump doesn't even have that. Uh, or the idea of you being a loyal opposition where you you lost the last election, you hang in there, you work with the other guys, you try and figure out what you did wrong, and you try and win the next time. He goes, if you don't have that that concept in your DNA, what's the point? I mean, you, you're not going to, you can't impose that mentality on people. You either have it or you don't. Is that, mm. is that true, you think? I think it's true. Yeah, unfortunately, our you know incursions in Iraq and Afghanistan were 
you know, part of that same kind of delusionary, you know, goal that we want these people just like us. To some extent, it's, it's governed our relationships with China, that if we trade with them enough, they'll become just like us because they'll become capitalists and they'll see the wisdom of how we've run things here. They, they can't help accepting our way. And that, to me, this is totally ludicrous, but we've, we've invested a lot of blood and money in, you know, dreaming up this version of what we'd like the world to be. And we have very little to show for it. I, I think if it's in, if it's in your DNA and you have a long history of it, it's one thing to try to maintain it. But if you don't have it and you don't want it, there's no other nation that's going to be able to impose it on you. Yeah, I mean, it seems like South America, Africa, they try and say, tomorrow you guys are going to start voting for people. I, Mike, is there any place where that's ever worked? Uh, <laughs> you know, not that uh, I'm... I'm aware Liberia has had some success. Afghanistan is the you know the death of empires: the mm. Brits, the Russians, us. Uh, Iraq Greg, not Greg, doing too well there. Greg just um, mentioned Japan. Would you say that's one? Yeah, but Japan is still governed by the emperor. Well, not governed, but it, it you know you still have the emperor there. So you know that's. Well, you still but, got the Queen in Britain, too, but it's... Right. So Japan king, yeah. has king, no. kind of worked. But it hasn't worked much in Africa, and it hasn't worked much in uh, South America, either. Hmm. We're going to head off the break here. SP Futures down 2, NASDAQ Futures down 15. We've come back some. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. I like you. Do you like me? 
<laughs> Lord, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I don't know. That guy sounds a little creepy. I don't know if I'd want him to like me. Just, just I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Chief. So, sounds just like a, a just a, just a little creepy. We don't know. Just what. just a little. You know, you get you get in a conversation with someone and you get the feeling there's just something a little bit off. Yeah, or, or they 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 they, they, want, they want to be your your friend after like 30 seconds uh, and you're like, oh wait a minute, it's a little, little too little too fast for it that. Reminds me of the time I was at a, a Pink Floyd concert, or like actually it was Nick Mason, the drummer, and I was uh, I was in the bathroom, of course, and uh, you know people were drinking and whatnot. I'm in the you know urinal area. And an old man oh, saddles right. up next to me, and he leans in. He goes, "Goes, this is one high flying concert, isn't it?" And I go, "That's when you." Yep. Yeah, that's when you. Yeah, that's right. It. And I, I immediately left. <laughs> I found another bathroom because uh, uh, there's a lot, a lot of creeps out there. Hey, speaking of sports, was it? Uh, speaking of creeps, <laughs> we had a we had a group at the uh, uh, the series the other night. Oh, by the way, uh, Greg here is chuckling because uh, what are you saying? This guy came from the restaurant business. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was a supply and logistics. And so, what do you think? What do you think, Mike? That's a good background for being ahead of a fifty thousand mercenaries, being a restaurant guy. We still don't have. Maybe we still don't have Mike. Let's get Mike in there. Mike's in there somewhere. Uh, Mike, try a, again. Sort of an interesting. Yeah, I'm still here. I so do you. So here. you think uh, background in the restaurant business makes you a good commander of fifty thousand. Uh, well, yeah, you know how to push people around. I guess that's part of it. <laughs> well, you know, it's actually more than a restaurant. I heard on a, a, a CBS yesterday he was one of Putin's chefs. Oh, I think God. that was that's yeah. No, he wasn't an actual chef. He was he was the guy who coordinated most of the uh, supplies for their Donbass or or something else related to one of their incursions or something like that. God. And all of a sudden, you know, you hire the guy to commit war crimes for you, and that way your <laughs> your uh, your government isn't responsible. So you've got things like Bakhmut and and a couple other places where they you know go and kill civilians, and it's not the Russian government; it's just this paramilitary arms. Well, John, you uh, you know how Stalin allegedly got assassinated, don't you? Refresh my memory, Tom. Mike probably knows, uh, although it's nobody. It's not a hundred percent sure, but they they put uh, what's the stuff? Uh, the blood thinner, uh, the, the stuff they give is a rat poison blood thinner. It's the stuff before Zeralto and Eliquis uh, uh, and uh, Zeralto. The uh, cumulant is uh, mm. in, in high doses. It's rat poison. It makes you bleed out. Well, they it's tasteless, so they they poured a bunch of it in his vodka one night. And he didn't know it, I guess. That, that's that's the rumor. Jeez. That's how they killed him. Because nobody was afraid of the guy, obviously. But they poured this in his vodka, and uh, I guess he drank a lot of vodka. Th- this wasn't Rasputin, was it? No, this is Stalin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, anyway, uh, we have all kinds of stuff going on in the in the economy. We had uh, there was a big shake. I must have had three phone calls this weekend. Want to know how how low the market was going to open if if Russia erupted? Well, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I, I'm not so sure. As long as they don't start winging nukes at each other, I don't know if they would affect the market that much. Do you guys? I mean, I, it's always hard to tell. You don't want to see it happen to find out. But uh, what what do you think the end game in, is here? I mean, uh, does it show? All kinds of people are clucking today about how it shows Putin has all these weaknesses and stuff. But what do you think the end game is? They, he, all of a sudden, one day he just dies of uh, no no. We don't know why, and a new guy takes over, and now all kinds of new stuff. Is is there a new guy, or is he, do we even know a new name? 
it'll be somebody out of his elite. I don't think it, uh, you know, because it's, it's got to be somebody close to him that can uh, get rid of him. So, did was Gorbachev part of the inner circle when he came in? Oh yes, he was. But then he he changed things. But then around. he kind of changed his tune, right? But you have to, you have to. You have to play the party party line to get up get up the chain, right? Is that the idea? That's yeah. correct. Yeah. But he was a smart guy, you know, a real pragmatist too. So, and he uh, and a lot of people didn't like him because he changed, right? Yep. Yep. And the same thing with uh, uh, what was his name? The guy that preceded Putin. That uh, oh Yeltsin. Yeah, yeah, Yeltsin was kind of the same way. Yeah. Um, the yeah, they were all insiders, you know. Um. Yeah, there's still you know sharply divided feelings about Gorbachev and Yeltsin to this day. So. Well, Gorbachev gave up a lot of territory because they really, economically, they couldn't they didn't do any good. You know, it yeah. was falling apart as it is. What, not to shift gears, what do you guys make of? Well, I heard yesterday on the radio. Of course, you never know what you're hearing on the radio, but uh, hmm. we're guys bitching now about all his expenses. This this thing with the submarine is so so bizarre to me. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was the talk everywhere I was last week. These guys got you know thirty hours left, twenty hours left. It turns out I, I guess we knew the thing was gone last Sunday. So mm-hmm. somebody in the, in the Coast Guard or wherever he is, somewhere in the military, Mike, you've probably heard this, is now bitching a blue streak about how there were what thirty some surface pl- things and how many planes and how many submersibles or we're looking for this thing all last week and. You know why should a why should rich people do like stupid stuff and expect other people to pay for it when they mess up? And I guess there's a there's a line there too. But did did we not want to say we knew it would blow up because they didn't want to tell the Russians we have that good of listing devices or take this? What do you guys take this from the top? I I really don't understand this whole this whole routine. The I think it's more likely that they wanted that story to linger into the you know as far as they could fly with it until Thursday. Um, to keep the Hunter Biden stuff out of the headlines. Mm. Well, that's that's one thought. I mean, but uh, somebody else was talking about they didn't want to let the Russians know that they we have that much sensitive devices all over the damn thing. And we knew right away. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, the Russians probably already know that, don't they? I think the Russians probably knew about it at the same time we did. <laughs> well, that's that's another thought. I mean, Mike, what what exactly is all this stuff laying at the bottom of the Atlantic? Anything goes by, we hear it. Uh, Tom, I'm not very familiar what's in the ocean that wasn't my area of expertise but supposedly they knew that the, the that sub or whatever it was imploded on the way down so you, you know they it, I tend to agree with John on this one you know keep Hunter Biden out of the news well he, he wasn't out of the news he, he pleaded guilty yeah, but at least there was a distraction. Well, yeah, but I mean, the dude. I mean, I and even know. when the story came out, time out Thursday was when the real bombshells came out from the two IRS whistleblowers. So that's that was even more, you know, destructive than all the lead up to the ridiculous plea deal with Hunter that emerged at the beginning of last week. They didn't even want that talked about. But by the time. News of you know confirming that the thing had been lost since Sunday on Thursday when the, the news came out. Um, that was the biggest news day of all for Hunter Biden, and yet you know they they were still able to tweak the story and make sure that when they finally resolved it, it still took the headlines away from Hunter Biden. 
I, uh, I, I was blaming my brother yesterday. We had a family dinner. I was telling his kids the reason why I have all this. Since my brother's a CPA, I can't help but have this attention to detail. So they get Hunter Bryden on this not paying his income tax charge. Now, clearly, if you're in this country, the thing that caused people to pay income tax was not really the income tax law. You guys can disagree with me on this if you want. It was the idea that you withhold money from people, right? You already got it. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty hard for people to say they didn't earn it when, when, when they're giving you a percentage every month, right? So, obviously, Hunter Biden owes these guys dough. Now, is this for money he earned overseas? Now, if you, now, now does the, whoever the hell, the, the electric company of Ukraine, if they pay him as a board member, do they not send a 1099 in? I guess they don't, right? Or, or do they? I don't, how does this even... How does this even work? Well, whether they do or not, he has to report it. Right. He didn't pay income tax on like $1.4 million in income. And I don't think that, I don't know if he concealed the source of the income or if he, he you know, listed it as a source of income at all. But he also was, you know, deducting, you know, from his income expenses for prostitutes as business expenses, which the IRS doesn't really like. Well, if it's, if it's a, hooker for somebody else for business reason. <laughs> I'm not sure it isn't to talk to me. It clearly isn't for yourself. I'm sure it was for him. It was, yeah. He's not so generous for you, I, he would pay anybody else's bills. You know, speaking of which, you just, you just reminded me of something. We, uh, Audrey and I went to the uh, her, her little pooch just had some surgery so he couldn't go very far. She was right up the street to the Mexican place. And uh, we go in there and there used to be a guy, who knows, he's probably dead by now, uh, that used to try and trace upper class people and lower class people and how well they were doing respectively by the cost of high class hookers versus low class hookers. I don't know if you guys ever ever uh, delved into any of that. And the guy, like four or five years ago, last time I read it, he says, this, you really know the upper class is going one direction and the lower class going another because the cost of high class hookers is off the chart and yet low class hookers, the price is coming down. <laughs> well, Anyway, you know what's weird is we've been talking little bits and pieces about the the, the, the cashless society and how it mm-hmm. looks to me like we're having a huge split and Greg is sort of in the restaurant industry so we can... On the high end, if you go to a, a baseball game, they're screwing you so much with the price of the ticket and the beer that you're talking about. I won't say it's a one percenter place, but it's 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 up there. And if you're, if you're willing to pay 13 bucks for a beer, and of course... My brother said he went and took some clients there, and he, he sends his credit card down, and the guy writes a tip on it. <laughs> what are you going to ask him? Anyway, so they want to go cashless, all right, because they're, they're willing to give up. Plus, the Cubs can probably cut a really good deal with the credit card people, so maybe they're paying, this is a Matt Weber question, but they're probably paying what, 1 or 1.5%, Greg? That would have been More than that. More than that? Okay, yeah. 2%, something um, like that? <laughs> I, I'd imagine the stadiums get, and Levy... Who does? But I'm talking probably, about the credit card people. Yeah, the credit card people. The processing fees are what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, those are definitely more than two percent. Okay, so say say it three. But now you go to the place we went to, and they're going to say, now obviously that whole group, including the credit card people, would love it if you if you pulled all the cash out of the system, where everything you did, you know, if, if you and I had a at a bet on a, on a Notre Dame game, Mike, that somehow or another we'd have to pay those guys 3.5% for me to pay you, assuming you won. <clears throat> now, on, a, on the other end of the chain, the Mexican place, they're going to add 3.5% to 
if you use a credit card because they want to keep the prices down for their clientele. So they want you to pay that, and they'd rather have cash. So it seems like this is yet another split in the population, or am I, or am I reading too much into this? No, I think it's, it's, it is that, Thomas. Um, it's, it's another way in which it kind of forks off, you know, in the way you have the haves and the have-nots, and the have-nots are the ones who have less are trying to hang on to more. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, it's just kind of weird. It's yet another one part of society seems to be going one way, and I don't, I don't see how the hell you're going to pull cash out of the system if, if everybody in the bottom doesn't want to pay it at 3%. I'm not sure how many one percenters are doing DraftKings, though. When you start talking about DraftKings, the, the real money is in the bookie fee. So if they're keeping 10% of everything, it doesn't matter you know, what the 1% or 2% or 3% process they can't, is. They can't be paying out 3% of the 10, are they? these people well the in DraftKings if it's just like a, a bookie so if you win you've got your your payout if you lose you got to pay the extra 10 percent juice right, right. so it, it's just easier to do on your phone during the game or whatever of course you know they don't want you going to the sports book doing doing it you just plug it in and and go the volume makes up for any increase in or decrease in in sale, I think we want to be in, in this credit card business. Well, yeah, well, banks are in the credit card business, and they never lose money. But they're, but they're not really in the in the uh, servicing business necessarily. The uh, I'm talking about that's the that's the Visa and people like that. Now, what what one of the guys who uh, we used to play softball with? He played uh, basketball, I think, for Northwestern. He was in. He was the guy who got in the fight and. Uh, with uh, he was on the score and they were doing something after the game and he got in a fight with uh, who's the guy from Illinois? Black dude. Uh, he's he's back on, uh, but the two of them got in a fight in the studio. They both got suspended and anyway. But he, his, Who won? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he was broken up. But the uh, can you imagine guys at that age? Whatever. So, uh, but his job is to go around to places like Sirius and other places. Is like a third party person and try and cut better deals on the credit card stuff. Are those guys still in existence? Yes. Yes. Now what, how do they make, though? We're wandering off on a tangent. Um, they're... they're I, well, I think it's a broker. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so if they bring in a certain... a certain, they are, They're able to offer their rates and if they they get a certain percentage. Okay. So they're, they're selling a certain... Uh, I think it's a... It's listed as broker. So if you, there's there's all kinds of servicers in the middle of this mess, is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, not as much anymore because the companies say like Clover Toast and and those people have kind of seen that profit opportunity, so they're trying to integrate it more within their server. They'll they'll force you to use their software uh, processor also, and then be on both sides of that, so they can double dip there. It's it's a little bit more difficult now to be one of those processing uh, I, I wanted I don't know what his official job title is I'll ask but brokers and now than it was a few years ago because the certain softwares that you would use as an as a restaurant or as a as a vendor they've got uh, limits so if you use their software say they'll they'll limit you to a certain company to do the processing okay so it's tied in yeah. And that's because it's it is profitable if 
<laughs> if you lock people into two things rather than one. Well, it's also illegal under antitrust laws. We don't care about those. Well, I mean, there's there's plenty of software. So, so Mike, when when these transactions happen, you know, I'm, I'm, so, it sounds like I'm skipping around, but I'm really not because I'm trying to figure out how the money works everywhere. Uh, the transactions that are made over in in Russia in Ukraine. What currency are they using? Are they are, are they IOUs or are they all dollar cash? I mean, most a lot of hundred dollar bills in the world are overseas, right? I mean, is it, is it U.S. cash? How does this stuff happen? I mean, it can't be running through Swiss banks. I mean, knows who the hell's doing what, right? Yeah, I, I think in Russia they still use rubles as the base currency. I don't know about Ukraine nowadays. You know, and the euro is used, you know, primarily in Europe, although some countries still are not part of it, but. You know, there's always a black market, particularly in uh, some of the Eastern European countries, and I'm sure there's a significant black market in Russia. What, uh, for a long time, and I mean, you know, 20 some years ago, wasn't the uh, the biggest storehouse of wealth in Russia would be in U.S. hundred-hour bills for people? Uh, Tom, I don't know that for sure. I, I mean, well, well, you got me on that one. So, what, what do you think happens if you're sitting there with cash and all you've got is the cash? And something like COVID shows up, and all of a sudden, three years later, everything's thirty percent more expen- expensive. Do you, do you feel like you've just been depanced or something? You might. <laughs> well, that could be. And the, the other thing is the the Russians have a significant presence in you know London in that area, and you know that's really the heart of the financial industry, at least the overseas financial industry. So they're probably doing that so that they can move money around uh, although the Brits you know did at least cooperate with us on uh, putting sanctions on but I'm sure that the Russians have figured out a way around it well you can do some of it as long as you have oil you can barter right right I mean the Indians the Indians the people from India are still buying Russian oil I mean they, they never even you know it's funny you talk about the Biden administration uh, that dude was here last week I didn't hear anything on any station regarding those guys uh, still buying Russian oil. Do we, do we say we couldn't say anything nasty about them while they were here, or what? <laughs> yeah, who knows? You know, I don't. I don't know much about that part of the world. I don't know as much about that as I do Europe. So, well, I know they. Well, I, I'm sure ahead. they don't want want to talk about Tom how, how big a failure with the sanctions have been. So the media isn't interested in pointing that out. So no wonder we didn't hear anything. Well, when you start having sanctions on stuff that everybody wants, and, and you know it, you know what's weird about it is, from what I understand from my <laughs> our marijuana people, shall we say, right, Greg? Uh, if you go into a store in Chicago and you buy yourself a bunch of hooch, I don't know about the gummies, probably not, but you can, you I can't, but there are people who can take that hooch and they can they can trace it back to a specific plant at one of the growers I mean that's how the DNA is all the way down through the system right and I, from what I understand this whole idea you'll hear people talk about you know once oil gets out there it uh, you know it just becomes a hum- uh, you know whatever just a, a common good and you can't tell one from another I, I have read on multiple occasions that uh, if you put the right chemist into some oil tanker that pulls into New Orleans and he puts one hypo in there and pulls it out, he can tell you exactly where it came from. So this idea that that Russia, once Russian oil gets in the system, 
it just you know I, I suppose you could mix five different countries together in one tanker and screw somebody up but by and large if that shows up in New Orleans if we really wanted to know where it came from we could know pretty easily I mean is that you guys think I'm right on that or not we just sometimes we don't want to so. I don't think we don't think we want to know on some of this stuff well, of course yeah you know, it's a yeah, for business to know, Tom, or, or to broadcast the fact. You know, I think it's oil laundering. Is that yeah. what you're talking oil about? Oil laundering. Sergeant Schultz is alive and well. I see nothing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that guy a, a, an actual uh, uh, like SS guy or something? Or, or no, John he, Banner who played him? Oh, did, what, didn't he? Didn't he leave the country because he didn't want to be a Nazi or something? There was something about him. Yeah, I think he's. I think he was born in Germany. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think he got out of there when when, when he when he yeah. could. Uh, Emperor too, who played Colonel Clink. You know, yeah, he said he wouldn't do the show unless they made it as embarrassing to the Nazis as possible. Well, if you're Jewish, you don't want. I mean, I wouldn't right. be surprised if he left. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, get yeah. And his father too, freaking leave. Well, it was kind of hard to leave because nobody wanted you. Remember a couple of boats that we wouldn't let land here of refugees. That's right. Yeah, no, that's correct. That, that's kind of a shameful part of our history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've got a few of them, don't we? A few shaky yeah. parts. Uh, Just a few. Yeah. The, uh, so, uh, Mike, give us your prediction. If we have this conversation a month from now, what are we talking about in Russia? Putin's still there? Putin will still be there. We'll have to see how the Ukrainian, you know, how this offensive works out. They're not making any headway right now because the Russians, you know, they, they kind of specialize in defense and they've built up some great defenses in Ukraine. And we'll... I don't think uh, he's Putin is very secure. I think. What the, was the significance? Of course, we haven't heard about this in two weeks either. The uh, the dam getting blown up and all that stuff getting flooded. Did that hurt the Ukrainian offensive? I think it did. I think it, you know it was more of a distraction than anything else. But it still diverted uh, people from what Zelensky was trying to accomplish was, you know, conduct his offense. So he probably had to divert some assets to control the flooding. But didn't, uh, wasn't that the river they had to cross to go get at the Russians? Or something? It made it hard? To, uh, I'm not sure. The Dnieper, uh, you know, essentially divides the country. So I don't think it's a factor in the, you know, in the eastern part of the country. Okay. What, what do you suppose, I mean, uh, I don't know if we would even have it today, but I, I talk all the time. We used to have uh, the weekly magazines, and you know, you hear all this stuff. You know, people like us and every you know jaw flapping about all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you get your U.S. News and Report or, or a Newsweek. In the middle are like fifteen pages of very well done uh, journalism with maps, and these guys got forty-eight tanks, these guys got forty-six, and airplanes, and all. Whole list. I've not seen anything like that on this. Stuff. I'm just, am I just not looking in the right places? Or we don't have people doing that anymore. No, I think people are still doing it. The Epic Times does a good job with that. As the Post, sometimes the Washington Post does a good job with it, and the Economist is probably still doing a pretty good job with it. Okay, so I should be looking at those places. You know what? Yep. I, you know what I miss. I miss uh, Al Jazeera U.S. I mean, I'm yeah. A, yeah, they were they were trust more trustworthy. On a lot of stuff than any other news outlets. Yeah, I never went to the one overseas, but the one the English version here, I always thought was pretty good. I, you know, just Mike, uh, thank you very much. But as usual, a lot of good stuff. Your your team. Uh, you, are you still a Cleveland fan, or what? Are, or, or now you just go with the wind? I will now always they, be a Cleveland fan, Tom. Just just know, saying. They're, huh? 
they're not doing too well. The Guardians are suffering. The Nats are suffering. And the Browns, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I guess it depends on Deshaun Watson and how he does this year. Yeah, it's uh, the baseball is uh, boy, sort of the haves and the have-nots. I mean, it's uh, the Eastern Conference is really pretty good. And, uh, but then you got KC and you got Oakland, right? It's a kind of bizarre world. Anyway, Mike, thank you. John, I'm about hanging around uh, for Nancy because we are talking about this mortgage uh, crisis over Yeah, I over can hang around about, about 10 minutes or so. All right, good, let's, good let's, talking to you, Mike. Yeah, Mike. All right, John. Take let's, care. Let's talk Bye. with, uh, before we get into the stuff here with Nancy, let's talk about what's going on over in uh, London with the, the other half point. The, anyway, we'll talk about it when we come back from break. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tim Ed Byrne on the board. SP futures down 75 cents. NASDAQ futures are even. So we were up last night, we are down this morning, now we're even. So it'd be nice if we got a bit of a rally here. We were down last week. Dow futures are down a whole seven individual stocks in the Dow. I see nothing moving, kind of anything. Boeing uh, up a buck fifty-nine, but they got trounced last week after uh, Airbus got that five hundred 
wrestling order. Mm. Uh, but now it looks like they're coming back a little bit today, at least. Over in Europe, we were like nothing here earlier, still kind of nothing. Dex down 35.2%, FTSE down 5 call that flat. Pack around up 13.1%. So they were down last week, but it's not really not a rally either of any stretch. Nikkei down 82 points, 0.2%. Hang Seng down 95.5%. Shanghai down 47. That's a percent and a half. Uh, we did have some big, big moves in oil all weekend with this Russian thing, but now we're down and only up 28 cents. Well, still under 70, 69.42. Everybody keeps talking about the Arabs. Everybody's going to cross his oil to go shooting up to 100. It's still under 70. Brent up 37 cents, 74.22. Natural gas up a point, a penny, 274. We've got bonds. Uh, Ten-year down five basis points, 3.68. The Bund down five, 2.30. Japan down 1.35. We've got gold up 1090, 1940, uh, bouncing back from uh, the low 1900s. It's 0.6 percent. Silver, however, up 49 cents. That's uh, that's over two percent, 22.84. Copper unchanged, 3.80. And we've got the crypto down 111 now, 30,288. I guess the danger of going under 30,000 keeps doing this. We have the U.S. dollar doing like nothing. It's it's uh, down a little bit against the euro. The euro's up to 109. It's absolutely flat against the, the pound, 127. Now, what do you got for us, Travis Weather Sports? Yeah, good morning. Currently 7.34 a.m. on June 26, 2023. As far as traffic, there's significant closure. Started yesterday from Monroe to Roosevelt in the loop, and that'll continue until next Monday. All this for the NASCAR race scheduled for this Sunday. Uh, for a full list of street closures visit, uh, in the loop, visit chicago.gov. As far as weather in Chicago, 68 degrees currently, a high of 75 degrees today. Cloudy skies throughout the day. Tomorrow we're expecting sunny skies and a high of 73. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, clear skies, 82 degrees currently, a high of 108 degrees later on. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs lost 5-7 against St. Louis Cardinals. White Sox beat Marlins 4-1. And Diamondbacks won against Giants 5-2. In the PGA Travelers Championship, Top player was American Keegan Bradley with a game total score of negative 23 and earnings of $3,600. As for the NASCAR Cup Series, that will be taking place right here in Chicago this Sunday for the Grant Park 20, I guess that's 220. Uh, check our Twitter at Stocks and Jacks for a map of the course and all the details there. So for now, Chief, back to you. You think if somebody reasonable and that paid off were to do a study of this NASCAR thing and Money gained, money lost. Who who made it and who lost it from the start? This will be a, considered a good idea. I'm going to say it has no chance of being a good idea. And there's always that. You know, it, it could yeah. make up for you know the possible Bears loss that they're going to have in the I, foreseeable but, future. Well, it's the same about the casino too, Tom. The more that's coming out about how Bally's got the deal makes me think it's a bad deal for the city all the way around. Mm. Um, can you turn a temple into a casino? Can it go back into being a temple after it's not a casino anymore? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Just, you know, as a religious, I mean, when it was built, you know, in the 20s, it, it had quasi-religious connotations, but it's not like a consecrated church in Catholicism or anything like that. I and mean, a lot of those you know, were always used for secular purposes, for concerts. I saw, you know, the circus at the Dining Temple when I was a kid, so... Um, you think uh, venues? You think, think Nancy's one of these? They're Shriners, right? Yeah. Hmm. You think Nancy's a Shriner? We'll ask her. Nancy, how are you? How are you? Are you uh, a, Shriner? a Shriner? Not a Shriner, guys. No. 
No, By the way, can, can women be Shriners or is it just guys? Um, I don't know. That's, That's a good up. question. Yeah. They're the same guys that the, uh, you go through, what, what's the uh, the group, your Masons? Is that, Those are Shriners, right? Or are they different? They're different. And there are, I mean, there are women Masonic organizations like the Eastern Star, so. Well, when we were at the, the, uh, the, the, whatever the place is, the German headquarters uh, up on the north side, and they had the little room there of all the people that put on the tunics and still do the stuff. They read the the old German in there, and of course, our friend Audrey picked up a sword and almost knocked over one of the one of the, one of the heads that was on the wall. That would not have been good. <laughs> Same tables, like they there's this sect from like the 1200s. I don't know. I don't know if you two. I don't think you two belong in any one of those sects. Audrey, maybe. I, I don't think I'd be entirely comfortable with that. No, it's a. Uh, okay. It think- says here, although Shriners International is mostly considered known as a men's organization, Lady Shriners affiliated groups have existed since the early 1900s. Mm. So they are not called Shriners. What does an affiliated group mean? It's the women's club. They're Shriners. It's the adjacent. women's part. Ah, right. Uh, the answer we have, John here. If you wouldn't mind, uh, even though I didn't send Hi, it to, I uh, the. Mortgages in Europe, there's a big... Uh, Sam Meredith wrote this thing today at CNBC. Uh, the Bank of England's surprise 50 basis point hike will affect millions of homeowners as the interest rates on many mortgages in the UK are directly linked to the central bank's base rate. Finance Minister Jeremy Hunt met with major banks and building societies discussed the deepening mortgage crisis. Research estimates that the latest rate hike would see 1.2 million UK households, 44% of highest... Households nationwide run out of savings by uh, the end of the year. I guess that means, Nancy, there are much more, way more adjustable mortgages there than here. Is, or is that what I should, should read into this? That's all Europe has is adjustable. They do not have fixed rates like we do. Really? Yeah, Fannie and Freddie was created strictly in the U.S. for, because so everyone could own a home, and we do 30, 30 years. They only do um, adjustables. Uh, you, men- you mentioned... Uh, I'm going to say a year or two ago, when these rates start first started to go up, that a lot of people were clamoring for adjustable because they were convinced they were going back down. Did you did that ever become a significant number, or was that just a couple of weeks where guys were after you for that? Adjustables, um, we, you know, the LIBOR adjustables they've been they have gone down for years, and the LIBOR is um, Europe's, you know, banking well, system. Yeah, but the LIBOR is now. There, now they yeah. don't exist. So, yeah. but there are still a ton of people in the United States who have LIBORs. Okay. Because it's still a thirty. It's it's it in the U.S. It's still a thirty-year loan. It's just that it can adjust every year. Why did we ever so, use LIBOR and not like the uh, the prime or something? We did. You did. We did have LIBOR. We did have our own version. The U.S. had its own version. You didn't have to do a LIBOR. You could just do a U.S. Treasury arm. Okay, so but we don't we don't. This is not a, an issue here for people that, that currently have mortgages. Only what percentage of people you think have adjustables? Is it less than ten? Boy, you know, like in the past two years, I'm sure most people got if they had adjustables, they got out of them because rates were anywhere from, you know, I think at their all time low, they might have been like two and a half or two two point eight seven five up to four. So why would you not have re? financed and got into a fixed rate yeah i would think well audrey uh as you know she was interesting she got this couple 
and they were looking at this house in, uh, I don't know, way the hell out southwest, somewhere where it is, it doesn't matter. But uh, they almost bought it at 520, I'm going to say three years ago. And now, mm-hmm. now the price is, uh, I think the guy wants 560, you know, so it's not up that much considering how much other places are up. But I went through the mortgage calculation, Nance, and if, if you're paying 3% at 520, say you put 100 grand down, it was about, I don't know, 1800 a month. And now, if you put 100 grand down on the 560 and use the 7%, you're talking like 3800 It's like over double. I mean, that's, that's a big number in three and a half years. Correct. And it's that's why everything was, when it was good, it was good. And when it went bad, you know, I mean, not that it's bad, but it's different now, more normal, like what we would have been used to growing up. Um, it's, you know, now it's a different reality compared to where we were. Why do you think the prices are hanging in there? I mean, it, I mean if you're a... Because there's no because everyone that everyone who is living on somewhere between a two and a half to four percent mortgage, like you're saying, if you had a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage and you're going to sell and get another two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, it's still going to be a significant increase. And because everything else is so high, you just you just can't keep doing it. You can't do it. Well. Groceries are up. I mean, everything, all your major things just to live are up. And I'm not even talking about gas like you guys were part of. I mean, just just groceries. People are just not keeping up. Yeah, I think we're, uh, they, they have us trained like, trained like Pavlov's dog to keep looking at this gas and groceries when really it's, it's your insurance bill, your gas bill, your electric bill, stuff that's not going away. I, I mean, uh, Jan, you're still here, I think, or are you? Yeah, uh, Jan's there. I mean, what? I don't. This, this, I get this weird feeling that even though uh, a lot of the people that Audrey's been dealing with are, are selling a home and buying a home, and maybe the one they're selling is actually more valuable than the one they're buying, might be downsized, and so the the mortgage stuff doesn't really affect them. But I, I get this really weird feeling that the numbers are getting so skewed on what people could afford three years ago versus now that one of these days especially in areas that really had bigger price run-ups than maybe we have here we got to have a really bad day or week or month or something why do, why do I think that am I wrong I like well, I, I agree and I think it's, it's going to be even more acute in Britain uh, from what I've been reading I mean I think a lot of people got you know sort of ensnared in mortgages that they assumed might you know stabilize or perhaps go down which I think it's always dangerous to assume anything like that when you, when you got an adjustable mortgage. But now, you know, the, the rates have pretty much exploded. Their utility expenses, really, compared to ours and the run-up, I mean, it has taken a significant bite out of the average family's earnings in a way that I, I think you know, we've been somewhat insulated. We've experienced these, these you know, increases too, but I think Britain and Europe generally uh, is really taking it on the chin. So they're even, you know, their backs are more firmly against the wall in a situation like we're in than, than it would be here. So I really feel for those people. Does, uh, one of you guys probably knows this way more than I do, does, uh, here we have this tax system that we're on, we're on about eight different levels when it comes to taxes, it seems. Well, maybe not eight's too many, but in in France, 
or Britain, if you pay your income tax, do you still have property tax and do you still have sales tax and all the stuff like you have here? It seems like here, whatever, everywhere you turn, they're gouging you right in the behind. Uh, but in, in France, so the interest rate, the tax income tax is higher than here. But don't you you don't have property taxes or, or you don't have local taxes or something's something's different? I think is there are that, local taxes, but you know they don't they're not misspent the way they are in this country. I don't think. Well, I mean. Uh, the whenever these houses go go up, Nance. I mean, the property tax valuations go up. What if what if something weird happened, like it did in two thousand and eight, and all of a sudden the whole world can't afford the house at five twenty, and it goes back to four hundred, like it was three years ago? Does that mean your your property taxes are going to go down, or they just raise the multiplier? And uh, it seems like once they get a, that much money coming in, they think they're entitled to it, right? You know, during the crisis, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, they, um, after a while, people were complaining and they started going down, but it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't, it, how should I say this? I don't think it was significant. Like, if you, all of a sudden your house devalued from 400 to 200, I mean, it didn't cut in half. It didn't, no. it didn't go in the same same no, you're right, Nancy. And, yeah. and when, when, there, when I experienced a decrease in, in my place, but it was nothing like what the, you know the building had sustained in, in a loss of value. Correct. Um, so you, and that just increases, and you know again, you know, just picks it up from a, a different starting point. But you never get back to what I would consider parity, where you've got you know a tax bill that corresponds to the true sales, you know, whatever your property will get on the market. Uh, it's it's completely out of whack, um, and it's, it will always be that way, I suspect. So there'll never be any big decreases. You'll never see tax bills collapse, even if values collapse. Right, and the other like the other problem. I was downtown and uh, driving back. I took went down State Street, and we have all the immigrants. And, and I'm not disparaging anyone in this statement. I'm just saying they're they're all just sitting out on the street on the sidewalks all over where, you know, uh, the uh, Chicago Police Headquarters are. And we still have to find a solution for all the busing of the immigrants that came in. And um, I don't know where they're going to get the dollars for that. So even if you did think you could get, you can't get any relief when the city is going or the county is going beyond what they could spend. Which they you, have been for decades. It wasn't the immigrants that did that. I mean, it's not like... Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, here's now another... I mean, they did... When I drove in, I the usual um, homeless people I saw underneath Wacker Drive were not there, which which I thought was interesting, but... They, um, they've kind of kicked those guys out of there. Right. But right. in the Northwestern, they used to have a nice... When you walked in, and, you know, they had places for people to sit. And I'm not saying a ton of people. I'm just saying if you walked in and you were on a walker, they at least had a chair where the person could sit, get their breath, and then go on, you know, upstairs to their doctors. All of that is gone to discourage any homeless people from just coming oh, yeah. in and sitting. Right. Yeah. And they're releasing it's, people surgically on the ninth floor in the parking lot. Yeah, it's uh, I actually was and, there one night. But Tom, yeah. if, there were, if there had been any kind of forethought about this, it would be fine if you had things like the Wadsworth School in Woodlawn or any of these other closed school buildings that were turned into housing and put them back on the tax rolls and have, you know, 
condo apartments w w with income for the county, but using them as you know shelters is is not bringing in any revenue. It's just it's it's becoming a, a, you know, a complete loss, I think, for the county or right. the so city trying to sustain it. So well, I, I would... right. So if you do stuff like that, I think that's what's going to hurt. I mean, you can't even talk about getting tax bills cut when you have this stuff going on because someone has to pay for all this. Well, the only thing I I honestly believe, but because I have well, some I have an awful lot of friends in the Hispanic community, and I'm going to say that if you showed up with a a big van, they're actually going to house some of these people in uh, Gage Park Fieldhouse, right? Yeah. I'm going to say if you showed up with a big van tomorrow morning early, and you say fifteen bucks an hour, they're fighting to get on the van. I don't think it's going to take too long. I mean. I mean, there, there's got to be places in this county where we need we need whatever. I'll use the term landscaping mm. or something. I don't think these people coming here are afraid of work. I mean, oh, you, I don't either. But I mean, we don't have anything set up for them. Well, why not? We have all kinds of stuff that needs to be fixed and cleaned up, for God's sake. I mean, right? There, there's no reason to not. I mean, we have. How many community organizers do we have, for God's sake? What do they do all day? <laughs> Here's 50 people. Find them a job. I mean, go together. I mean, I know the, the mayor of Blue Island. I had dinner with him one night. One of my buddies, is, he's not there anymore. But he, they couldn't wait to get the people from the from the uh, the jails out there along, like, the railroad tracks and stuff, cleaning up the stuff on both sides. Well, instead of housing somebody for and worried about feeding them for dinner, why don't you Why don't you pay them twenty bucks an hour and have them pay for their own dinner? I mean, there's we have no imagination whatsoever. Is what you're saying, Nance? Basically, no. I'm saying we don't. We just don't have any kind of plan. Except we have we have nothing but people that are supposed to be doing that. We I'm, right. I mean, we ha we have a city government. We have every conceivable kind of community organizer out there doing God knows what. And yet here's here's three hundred people willing to work today. Well, what do you got for them? Let's find something. I don't know, John. What are your thoughts? I don't. If, if we get, if you just put aside the, the problem with you know a, a whole influx of, of people from other countries, look at the people we've got. That you know we don't know what to do with that are already living here. There's there's a great piece I saw the other day. I can't remember now where I saw it. I'll have to go back and look. But um, the whole thing about you know crime be, is caused by disinvestment in neighborhoods and so on. Mm. Um, but. The, the writer of this column gives like two or three scenarios of these absolutely heinous carjacking crimes that could only be committed by people with absolutely no feelings for any fellow human being oh, at right, all. Right. And you know, do you want those people working in some kind of retail environment? Who's going to take the responsibility for training them and employing them? And what kind of people are going to want to patronize any place where such people work? We, we don't know how to deal with those people. And, and of course, they could be doing the same stuff too, but we've just let them sort of drop out of the system completely, and now we've got a gang problem that, you know, is five times greater in number than our police force. So I don't think if we if we can't handle that, we don't know how to handle the problem with migrants flooding the, the country either. Well, <laughs> we're you, you have to screw that up too. But Jen, there's 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 the great there's the greater and there's the lesser. Okay, if if the three of us. Should we bring Matt Byrne along with us? Would he be of any why use? Not? Yeah, why not? The three of us said, okay, here's 30 migrant families in this school. Mm. Knock yourself out. I have to believe in a month 
the three of us got something going there. Give me a couple of old vans so I can put 12 people in. I'll, I'll be everybody's work agent. What do you need? We'll take care. As long as people are willing to hop on the van and do something. There's neighborhoods in the city where if you drove a bus in there and said, we'll pay 50 bucks an hour, nobody hops on. That's a problem. Hmm. I don't think these people are that kind, do you? I mean, if somebody walked all halfway here from Mexico, whatever they did, I have a feeling a lot of those people are willing to work. I mean, I might be wrong there, but I have a feeling just because the, the problem is so huge and I can't begin to solve the problem, I think the three of us could solve the problem for these 150 people. Well, and that's where you have to start. That these people are going to be just as ill-served by our public schools as the people well, who already I, live here are. I said the three of us. <laughs> I didn't say. I said the, the three of us because I happen nice. to know that, that Nancy solves every problem in front of her. <laughs> She's that kind of yeah, girl, I, you know. I mean, I just, I just think that it, your your concept is correct, but and I don't believe that these people that are you know sitting outside want to be there. I think they much rather yeah. be working and even have something us, you know, just a small space. They'd be very happy with just a room, but unfortunately, we just don't have anything set up for them. And in um, the longer this goes on, the 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 more the more unorganized it becomes. Mm. There's little hope for us to have less less in taxes. That's but, all I'm trying. But to say. I think the the Bodius, and I've known you both for a while. The Bodius. The Bodius. Yeah, that's for Southside. But I've known Jan like forever, but. Whatever you do, Nance, I mean, you, you've gone into people's finances, and it looks like, oh, my God. So what do you do? You get a cup of coffee, you put your nose to the grindstone, and you solve the problem on this line, solve the problem right. on the next line. There's no other way of doing it. We, we can talk about uh, the homeless all we want. Someday, somewhere, you got to go talk to this person, figure out what their issue is. Do they need some drug interdiction? Do they need this? Do they, what, what level can they be employed at? Can you find them a spot where they mm. can actually do something tomorrow? Somewhere along the line, you got to solve this one person at a time. You can't just keep yeah. talking about the problem and never doing anything. That's right, yeah. I mean, somewhere along the line, if your garage is a mess, you got to go out there and pick up one thing and drop it in the trash. That's how you start, right? It's not a one-size-fits-all situation. Yeah. But we're not doing any of that. All we do is talk about it. Right. I mean, well, I'd be very happy to go pick up four people from there and say, hey, help me clean up my garage. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I'd be thrilled. And I'd pay them. Yeah. I mean, it's, so I'm saying, John, how do you get from a bunch of people talking and not doing anything to actually doing something? Well, I don't know, but certainly the gangs are going to figure out something to do because the gangs will be able to offer this whole new crap of people who've come into the country more in a way of, of you know, money beyond their wildest dreams than any job is program or you or Nancy or I could ever offer them. So we've got the same kind of problem with people coming in who are going to be vulnerable to the appeal the gangs are offering. It, it, it is no accident that they become so powerful because they've given people what they can't get elsewhere and I suspect they can do that with people who've just landed on these shores who if they see you know dollar signs they're not going to care how they have to earn it. They'll do what they can. This has always been you know, the rise of how people have gotten into the middle class or the upper yeah. class or whatever by taking jobs nobody else would, and that includes criminal jobs, I'm afraid. So. Well, if we were to, well, you know, I don't even know how to pile myself into this one, but if we were to actually take some of these gang down, gangs down, how many people 
that, shall we say, we don't think are in the gangs, be it politicians or organizers or police or God knows who else, how many other people are going to go down with them that we, we'd be stunned? A lot of, a lot yeah, of people... Yeah, that's why it doesn't happen. It's mm. just, that's exactly why it doesn't happen. Well... So, it's too entrenched. It's, it's too much tied up with power. Yeah, I wanted to say, John, I, I think it's not too dissimilar to, um, like, in the early 20th century with, you know, the Italian mob and the Irish mob, you know, those sort of right. offering more than the actual government could offer those people at, this, at the time. It's not too dissimilar to what's going on right now or what could possibly I think, happen. I think that's right. I, I yeah. agree. All right, Nancy, so what about uh, give us a shameless plug. What does somebody got to pay for a mortgage these days? You're, are you doing any refinancings? Are you still a new stuff? What are you doing? No, we're just doing um, – the only refinancing is if someone – uh, is getting a divorce or um, you know something in that arena uh, there's no one refinancing at all it's, that part is completely dead and it's just new if someone is moving and there is very little of that because the inventory is there's just no inventory that's because nobody nobody can leave where they are right right no one yeah absolutely and I think this and, will go on and I, John I don't know what your thoughts are but I would say at least another two three years before there's enough debt reaccumulated that people will have to do something. There, the, yeah. the home equity market is flying. I mean, people are getting home equity lines of credit on their houses. Well, they're, instead of getting another bathroom, you got to make another bathroom, right? I, I think that's right, Nancy. I mean, you, you can take on more debt you know, with a home equity loan, but you can't improve your situation by refinancing. Right. So I think this, these people are really stuck. Right. But and, so- and running into more debt is... The only, is the worst possible solution, but that right. is the one people will fall into. Mm. Right. But you, you can, you you can if it, if it's done properly. If you actually are adding to your home in the right way, you're 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 picking up as much in equity as you you're in debt, right? If you do it correctly, I'm not talking about taking a moment. Well, if on you're your doing house. it for improvements, yeah. yes. If you're doing it just to stay afloat, you got trouble. Yeah. If you if you're going to go to the casino and you're not helping yourself there, right? Unless you win. Just saying. Even then, <laughs> you'd probably have to pay tax on the money, and they wouldn't have right. that either. Uh, that's why you got to stay like in the crap game. If you win there, of course, who the hell? How can you make that much money in craps? But if you did, you don't have to pay there. You just kind of sneak out with your hundos. I could see, I could see you walking along with a big first, first full of Benjamins, Nancy. You'd be perfect for that. Oh, dear Lord. Oh God. Anyway, thank you guys. Uh, give us, give, hey, Nancy, give us a shameless plug in case somebody does need a mortgage. Oh, I'm Nancy Longram. If you can give me a call at 708-341-9601, that would be absolutely wonderful for me. Oh, God. Thank All right. And Nancy's the best. One, I, I have no problem saying it. Nancy's the best. John, thank you. Maybe I'll see you tomorrow. SP Futures down 2.5. NASDAQ Futures up 250. Looks like kind of a dud so far. We'll see. Be back tomorrow with Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Ha 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 ha!